0: Welcome to Empower Humans. Welcome again to the Empower Humans podcast. This is episode 160 today with Nicole Leno. That's L A I N O. Nicole Leno coming to us from Austin, Texas today. And uh, what an amazing guest. She brought some really, really great material. She is a startup founder of uh, Hilo CRM, which is a client management tool. We talked a little bit about that, so you can understand what that is if you don't uh, already. And uh, she's also a peak performance coach, brand strategist reiki master and teacher reiki is R-E-I-K-I. A lot of people don't know what that is and i'm not real familiar with it but we talked a little bit about it to shed some light on what that is as well as far as energy work uh, and uh, opening up our energy centers and things like that we talked about a full all-encompassing kind of view of all of that as it relates to things like the law of attraction and reprogramming our brain for success uh, we talked about uh, Just manifesting things in our lives and also really facing with full courage and honesty uh, who we are and what we are and why, uh, just uh, without any reservation. Uh, So uh, I could go on and on and on. I'm really excited to bring you this interview, and I'm excited for you to listen to it. Before we jump into that, you know the drill. I want to remind you, as always, you are absolutely priceless. Please, please, please don't let anyone convince you otherwise. And by anyone, I mean you included in that. (laughs) Don't convince yourself because a lot of times we can be our own worst enemy. Uh, So let's not be. uh, Look yourself in the mirror. Come up with some real affirmations. We talk about kind of what that means in this podcast episode a little bit too. And and really get behind it. Learn to actually feel it and and convince ourselves as we continue to just progress level by level in life. Level up, as they say these days. And uh, just... I know it, and I want you to know it, that you are absolutely priceless, which means you're above all the monetary systems and all the nonsense that people get so caught up in in this world. The riches are found in you, my friend. And uh, along with that, you're never alone. Please reach out if you need to, info at EmpowerHumans.com and Empower101 on Instagram and Twitter. And I want to also remind you of our challenges. Uh, Study is the first challenge. I always want to remind people of that. It's a really important thing just to stimulate our mind Um, I've been studying all kinds of things related to both marketing and self-help. I've been listening to material from Bob Proctor. I was listening to a book about Janis Joplin, simply called Janis, J-A-N-I-S, which is how you spell her name, and uh, just uh, you know a little bit of uh, a few things all over the map a little bit. So uh, whatever resonates for you. I'm a music person. I'm always intrigued by uh, rock stars and stuff because those are the people I looked up to when I got into music, let's be honest. By the way, I'm looking to go see Guns N' Roses here in Las Vegas this month. I don't know if you're a fan or not, and if you're not, it's okay. We're all still friends, I hope. Uh, I'm, I'm actually really excited to see uh, Mammoth WVH, which is Wolf Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen, the late, great, uh, some would say best guitarist of all time uh, of uh, the band, named after his last name Van Halen his son has this uh, band and some really great music so i digress but <laughs> study study what resonates with you maybe it's not music most of us seem to like music at least um and so study uh whatever you need to to just stimulate your mind stay in tune and along with that our second challenge is make great moments i got back from a little trip that's why we had a little break from the podcast for a couple weeks in there um i took my boys we went up to zion national park and uh, Colob uh, Canyon in Utah and some other places up there, some uh, theme parks and visit some friends and things and some other business stuff as well. But really great experience. I love that stuff because... It creates memories that will last a lifetime. I always remember my vacations for better or worse. As a kid, I remember 1986. We <laughs> went on a trip with my dad, and uh, among a lot of great memories there, I remember we were listening to the Footloose soundtrack the entire time. So I've got all those songs from uh, the Footloose soundtrack still ingrained in my six-year-old brain. That's now uh, going to be 41 this month. Uh, so again, I digress. I don't know why today, but I want you to think about your memories and your life, and create memories, create great moments for you. Yourself, if you have children, uh, loved ones, a lot of times it's with people. That's where great moments come from. Uh, so take initiative. Love is a verb, not just a noun. it's an action item. Uh, so surprise people and uh, just make great moments. whatever that means for you and let's try to let's try to do that. share some of those with me as well. email me infoempowerhumans.com. And uh, of course the last challenge, is very simple my friends, let's keep doing this podcast together. Uh, I can't uh, tell you enough great things about Nicole Laino here. Again, that's L-A-I-N-O. I had to make sure I pronounced it right because I thought maybe it's Laino, but no, it's not. It's Laino. I come from a little Spanish-speaking background, so I didn't know, and now I do. So uh, NicoleLaino.me is her website. That's all together, and she's on LinkedIn. You can connect with her there, and uh, Nicole Laino official on Instagram. So those are some of the main channels where you can connect with her as well. So without further ado, my friends, I'm excited to bring you this interview. Here we are with the one and only Nicole Leno. Here we go. We are pleased as heck to welcome today Nicole Leno coming to us from Austin, Texas. We were just talking a little bit about that and uh, startup founder, uh, peak performance coach, brand strategist, all kinds of really amazing things and uh, a background that's very intriguing to me, which is why I wanted to invite you on, Nicole. How are you today?
1: I'm wonderful. How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm doing great. Just here in uh, hot Vegas. It's August as we record this. So it's uh, kind of the peak of the summer <laughs> heat. But I feel uh,
1: the hot vibes. Yeah. Texas <laughs> is is not much cooler.
0: <laughs> yeah. Especially down in Austin. How long have you been in Austin?
1: I've been here uh, a little over two years. We were in Los Angeles before that. And I grew up in New York.
0: Oh, okay. You grew up in New York, huh? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, since you just mentioned you grew up in New York, uh, tell me a little about, about that upbringing, if you don't mind. I always like people's background. Like, sometimes as a kid, people knew, hey, I'm good at this and that, and That's and then they, or maybe they didn't. Sometimes it's like, hey, my dad said I should be an attorney, and then they're maybe unhappy as an adult or something. But tell me about that background. What brought you to where you are now from that childhood? Whatever you want to tell me. <laughs>
1: Well, it's interesting, you know, because I, I grew up in the suburb. I grew up in a, in a place called Long Island, which yeah. is out, outside of New York City. So mm-hmm. we were about forty minutes outside of outside of the city, as as we call it, um, yeah. in the suburbs outside. <laughs> um, I, I I grew up there, and to tell you the truth, I I never really felt like I fit in there. I always felt a bit like a fish out of water, and moved to the city very you know, almost as soon as I could. And, you know, that world is all banking. So it was kind of two things. I I grew up, I actually grew up acting. I grew up, um, I grew up acting. I did some commercials as a kid and then, and I got away from it. And then when I got to like my late teens, early twenties, I I went back to it. And so there's kind of two things that you can do in, in my mind, in New York city was, you could, you know, for me, it was like, you could be on Broadway or you could be on wall street. Those were kind of like two avenues that were very popular to go down in that world. Yeah. And I ended up in my pursuit of the acting career, you know, you run out of money as an actor. I, I ended up working on wall street as a, as a temp for, for working for executives on wall street. And I, and I kind of loved it. Like it was totally like a great job for me because I refer to myself as a type a hippie that (laughs) I am, I'm very organized. I'm really driven. I I can see, you know, I can see a a process from beginning to end very, very clearly. I can spot inefficiency from 30,000 feet. Like I'm just really good at that stuff. And, but I'm also creative and, and those were kind of my two worlds. And it's really funny. Cause I look at it like this convoluted story that, you know, th- they don't seem to go very well together, like an actor and then working on wall street <laughs> and even, even doing what I was doing is just a temp. I ended up getting offered a job there because I was good at it, and they were like, you know, why don't you stay for a little while? And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm gonna go back to my thing. And then they're like, let us make a make you an offer, and they made a lovely offer. And to a girl that was walking around New York City without health insurance, worried she was gonna get hit by a bus and go bankrupt for the rest of her life, (laughs) the the idea of like a 401k and you know a a very high five five figure salary um, to start off was like yeah, where do I sign? I was like, okay, I'll sell my soul. And, <laughs> yeah. and and I had a lot of friends that worked in that world and it didn't seem so bad. And, and truthfully, I was using a part of me that my creative side wasn't able to be used as much as I wanted it to be out in the acting world. And and I, I felt stifled. And I feel like that's sort of been this pendulum that has been swinging for a good part of my life, getting leaning full on into one area so leaning full on into creative and then not being able to do it as effectively as I want to or as much as I wanted to or not being able to eat and getting frustrated by it and then swinging the other way to going like full out corporate and then getting frustrated with that and then trying to find that middle and and I, I feel like right now where I am is exactly where I'm supposed to be.
2: Yeah. That good.
1: that you know that you know you go in pursuit of these things and the the road may wind, but it is ultimately bringing you to where you
0: belong. Yeah, and that's a good sentiment I think for all of us to echo in our in our lives. Sometimes it's uh, we question: Am I doing the right thing? Am I in the right place? And I, I think well, most of us are where we're supposed to be at any given time, whether it be growth or destinations. But it's it's a journey most of the time, regardless. But um, you, you said a couple of things that that piqued my interest. One, you mm-hmm. talked about not fitting in. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, and then coupling that with what you call the type A hippie thing. Do you want to kind of dig in on any of that? Uh, why you felt that way and what exactly type A hippie is?
1: <laughs> sure. I, I mean, I, I grew up in a, in a very like just normal, like kind of middle, maybe lower middle class, if you had to rank it on on the income scale uh, neighborhood. And I I just I think I was just also just a shy kid and I didn't do the things that the kids around me did. I didn't really fit in. I, I, and sometimes it's just the way that we feel on the inside and the world's reflecting that to us. Mm. I just didn't feel like I, I wasn't a sporty kid. I had asthma, so I couldn't get in on like the sports stuff. There were all, all of these things where I just felt like I, I never I never really felt like I had my groove. And yeah. that caused me, You know, I was a bookish kid. I read a lot and I got lost in stories. That's why I became an actor, because I had said to myself that stories and music, and I'm not musically inclined, but <laughs> stories and music, songwriters, stories, the, these people gave me a way out. They gave me another world to get lost in. They, they, exercise my imagination, stimulated my imagination so that I could see something beyond just the space that I was in. And yeah. I became an actor because I wanted to do that for other people. That was, I remember that being my driving force. I want to tell stories. I want to, I want to be part of that, of what those people did for me that mm-hmm. helped me see this way out that helped me see myself differently, that, that helped me see other people differently because the people I was looking at didn't feel like me or or, you know, something that I wanted to, I, I I wanted, I didn't want to change to be like them. No. I, so I, and, and it took, it, it doesn't feel that way as a child, the right thing, you know, you you're kind of taught to fit in and try to fit in. And when mm-hmm. it doesn't work, you start feeling like something's wrong with you. So the fact that there was something else out there that made me feel like you're not wrong, maybe you're just in the wrong place, or maybe you just need to find the right people. Mm-hmm. So that was where I, I, I went into my acting pursuit was I wanted to exercise that. I wanted to feel that, that, that the, the storytelling and just the human experience, it's a study in the human experience. And I was fascinated by it. So I, I went into that world and that's, that's kind of how my upbringing, I I think just the fact that I wasn't, I didn't fit in caused Mm -hmm. me to sort of, go into that into that world of dreaming a little bit and and seeing outside of myself and I think that's Mm -hmm. what sort of but I am I still am driven I still am process oriented I still am all of those things so the type a hippie was just always in there I just think (laughs) I denied the hippie for a long time or I denied the type a and I never let them coexist
0: (laughs) that's interesting and I think a bulk of what you said is very empowering uh statement again for all of us to really embrace who we are not feel like we need to change for uh, some other you know it's a group or whatever i think that we do children a disservice with, just in a general kind of unspoken culture even at times that you need to fit in and you need to be the sporty cheerleader person or the high school quarterback or you know whatever it is between boys and girls and stuff And, uh, so, and and by the way, I don't hear much of a New York accent. Did you have to, did you have one and did you have to work to get rid of it or you just don't have one?
1: (laughs) I didn't have one. My mother and my grandmother were sort of tyrannical about about me pronouncing everything <laughs> correctly. So I grew up, I grew up with this, which another thing I didn't fit in, I did not sound like my friends who were ah. you know, like, Hey, I want to go to the park. I'm going over here. You know, that, that, <laughs> that loose, uh, that loose sort of speech I just didn't have. And, uh, you know, and that was, that was by design by my mother and my grandmother. They oh. would not allow me to, to speak like
0: that. <laughs> okay. Well, I get it. Some New Yorkers might uh, take issue with saying, uh, pronouncing things correctly but you know whatever it is what it is and you've talked the way you talk and i uh, you know i grew up out west southwest at that and so i talk the way i talk california mm-hmm. new mexico now vegas that kind of thing but uh, so okay cool i just you know it's always interesting to meet people's people's background and stuff and now we we have some good insight now building on now what you've done going into adulthood um so, where did you start as you became an adult? Because I know you've gone on to, you built this CRM company, which is a, like a client management system. Obviously, you're a very mm-hmm. processes oriented uh, yeah. person. Um, but tell, tell me some of that story and, and how that all came about.
1: I mean, all of this stuff—it's, you know, I—I I think everything in my life and what I try to work with my clients on is—is is trusting the journey and trusting the process. That if you're making, if you're taking steps in alignment with what feels right to you, and not thinking so much about why or thinking about the tenth or the fifteenth step, it's good to, you know, not be completely reckless. But if you're making, if you're taking steps that you believe are you're called to take then trust that and trust that the next step will appear and that you will either get the result that you want or the lesson that you need. And Mm. the next step will reveal itself. So when I, I, when I I worked on wall street, I burnt out. Um, I, I feel like I stayed there probably two years too long. I had a great time. I learned so much. I met some of the best people in my life. I had a really great experience there for a while. And then I didn't, it just became kind of a repetitive thing of doing the same things and working too much. And I, I completely burnt out on it. And I went into what I was diagnosed clinically depressed. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And that was one of those moments where I felt like my soul was calling to me and was like, you, you've got to make a move. You, this isn't right for you. It was for a time. Don't panic. Don't feel like this is this depression is the end or some, some final sort of diagnosis and, or means anything about you. It's a state you're in and you just need to get out. You need to find yourself again. And I went and I moved to California I moved to Los Angeles. I knew that I needed to make a big change and I needed to, if I stayed in New York, I would probably get drawn back in by the paycheck, by the comfort of it. Some friend would have a, an opening someplace and I would get that job and I would regret it.
0: Mm-hmm. So I moved
1: mm-hmm. and was like, I I don't know what I'm going to out there. I just know that I need to leave here. And there's, there's a new start for me somewhere. And luckily my husband was like, yeah, I'm on board. (laughs) And, (laughs) and when I went out there, I, I didn't know what I was looking for. And then I started to work with entrepreneurs and I started to dive into the kind of solopreneur community. And I realized that there really wasn't a CRM for that, for that, um, that industry and that particular niche within the industry, So I, that kind of blended my, my expertise. So I, I built, I helped build systems internally for the bank that I worked for when I worked on wall street, I was a project manager and I really felt like I had the tools to build this. My husband is a developer. So he set me up with an offshore team that I could talk to and run. And I took the leap. And I just, again, I just felt like I'm like, this is the right thing for me to do right now. I feel like this is. The stars are aligning and I'm uniquely qualified to build this program and I built mm-hmm. it launched it and it still exists today it's still going strong it's hilo CRM is still is still a living breathing thing and yeah and it was it was that it, my entrepreneurial spirit combined with the process driven type a corporate world that I had I had kind of spent the last the, the previous six years in
0: yeah yeah that's interesting. Um, yes, the CRM thing is a very uh, interesting topic. I've, I've dealt with a few different CRMs over time myself, and I'm sure people listening can relate to some of this, but, and for those who don't know a CRM, I'll probably butcher the explanation, but essentially you keep track of who the client is, where they are in whatever sales process or different processes you may have with them. And you keep, obviously keep track of all their contact information, anything else to a CRM. So just so people can, uh kind of understand, oh yeah, I see what that is. And then understand in in your head, okay, this is a very processes oriented person. (laughs)
1: Yes. Yeah. And and what I wanted to do, my goal with it was to provide light marketing tools and CRM capabilities to people who are starting out their businesses, people who were just getting started and didn't have the few hundred dollars a month to drop on a CRM system, which some of these costs and some of them were upwards of that. And they were very expensive. They were very complicated. I really wanted to make it simple. Just get out there and start talking to people, keep track of the relationships that you're building and treat them like relationships. And, and, and that's what we did. I, I think we achieved that. And I, and I, and by providing people with late marketing and what I say, like a pipeline, what stage of the deal are they in? What stage of the relationship are you in with them? What have you provided them with It reminds you to stay on task with what you're doing so that you're not veering off and feeling like you're done with somebody or forgetting to follow up with them. You're keeping people in your world. And, and that was really important to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great, and it's, and it's uh, to put it another way, it's a way not to let people, in particular, clients and opportunities, slip between the cracks. That's what a CRM does. It kind of helps, in my experience, at least, helps you stay on top of things. And I think that's some of, in tune with what you said. Um, so I want to I want to dig deep here a little bit because I know you know we've scratched the surface and you and your life and I'm not making light of any of it. I think a lot of people can relate to a lot of different things there. Um, But you also do some unique things in the sense of helping people, you know, reprogram their brain for success. And, uh, and also uh, you're, I understand a Reiki master. Is that how you say it, by the way? R-E-I-K-I. Okay. I I never sit and like talk about so I didn't, but I've heard the term. Do you want to talk to me about some of that and how you got to where you're doing that? (laughs)
1: Sure. And, and again, it all comes from, you know, from the the way that we've always been. And I, that's what I always tell people. I tell my clients that a lot of people come to me feeling like they have a calling feeling like they can Mm -hmm. build something, but they either can't put their finger on it or they can't make it to the next level. And they're not sure why they're, you know, a lot of people come to me. I know I'm in my own way and I don't know how, Mm -hmm. or I'm, I built this business, but I know that it's not right. And I can't really, and to me, that's, they can't really find, they haven't found their zone of genius yet. And I I always point them back to the beginning. The the beginning is telling you everything that you need to know. There's, there's something about what you innately were before everybody told you what you should be, Mm. that is cluing you in to who and what you're supposed to do now, what you are supposed to be doing right now, what, how you're supposed to be using your gifts. There's a gift that surfaced the second you were born before that even, but it was visible the moment you were born and you were exhibiting it before everybody started giving you orders and telling you, this is how it should be. No, don't be that way. Don't be too much of this. You're too loud. You're too this, you're too that. And then you started to shift and change to meet everybody else's approval and demands. Mm -hmm. Um, So the way that I got here is looking back at my background, there's a shy kid who I I was obsessed with human behavior. It's what, what drew me story and human behavior, mm-hmm. and how can I help people feel seen? How can I help people feel seen? That was that's that's a childhood mission that I that I am seeing through to this day.
2: Yeah.
1: How can I I dove into the human experience? The most the most incredible work of the acting work that I did was diving into a character and figuring out how what makes this person tick? What makes this person think the way they do? Whether it's, you know, uh, just a regular housewife, you know, what's her life look like? Or a serial killer. They have very (laughs) different ways of thinking and ways of behaving and ways of being. And I I was obsessed with that. Mm. And so diving into things like peak performance, what makes us perform at higher levels? What makes some people operate one strategy three different people operating you know two different people operating the same exact strategy one of them makes millions of dollars the other can't get it off the ground why mm. is that mm. there are certain people that can do things that others can't and that i don't believe that that is a life sentence i believe that that is a moment and where one person is, the other person isn't, and but can still get there, that they can make changes, that they can make shifts within themselves to get the same results or to get better results or, you know, to, to live the life that they want to live. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's where that all came from. And it, and a lot of it came to, from my own journey as well of leaning on my type A side and thinking that I had to do everything, you know, that, that, that the doing was always the answer that if I made the list of all the things that needed to get done and I did those (laughs) things, it would work like that linear thinking. And that will get you so far. And then you'll hit a brick wall, which I did. (laughs) And I had to say like, why isn't all the, I'm doing the things, why isn't it working to get me to this next level? And the answer was I had to be different. And I knew that I didn't know how, but I knew it. And that was how I, I started to dive into the energy work and into the mindset work and NLP and EFT and other modalities that I've worked that I work with that help us unlock the blocked layers of ourselves, unlock our power, um, let go and release fear that is holding us where we are.
0: Yeah! Wow, that's uh, those are profound topics, and I think most people, myself included, at times um, could, could benefit from help in those areas, uh, or guidance, which is where you come in as well. You, it sounds like you help a lot of people, uh, with this. And, and for those who don't know, NLP is neuro-linguistic programming, right?
1: That's right.
0: And what was the other one you said? E- EFT?
1: EFT. So I, I use a technique called the, the rapid relief technique, which uses EFT, which is the emotional freedom technique. I just, Use a derivative of it. Um, it's a different. It's almost like dialects and language. <laughs> it's Just a different way that we do it. Yeah. Um, but EFT is emotional freedom technique, better known as tapping. If you've ever heard of tapping, where people oh, are tapping yeah. on their on their head <laughs> and on different uh, acupressure points in their body, that that's what EFT is.
0: Okay. Well, let's dig in on some of that if you don't mind, um, because it's it's all fascinating to me, and I and I know some about some of it, and not all about any of it. And some, Mm. I don't know much of anything like Reiki, for example. Um, If you don't mind, out of indulgence for me, but I think a lot of people in my experience, you'd probably beg to differ because, you know, you work with this stuff, but um, I think a lot of people could have some interest in what is that exactly? Um, What what do you want to break down about this process? If you don't mind, as far as um, what you would do with a client or you know, if I was your client, I don't know, or people in general, like, how does this work? How does Reiki work in conjunction with NLP and EFT? Uh, I had a gal on the program named Megan Gallagher, who who has a whole thing with anxiety that she suffered from. And she talked a lot about tapping, for example, Mm -hmm. and uh, other things like that. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry for kind of an open ended, long winded question, but (laughs) where do you want to go with it?
1: That's fine. I actually, Reiki is something that I use a lot for myself and it, it helps mostly with my intuition and my ability to feel my own energy and tune into energy. Re- Reiki is, is, it's energy. So there's there are attunements for Reiki that make you able to feel and sense energy and be able to, it, it's used as a healing modality. So if you get a, I, mostly Reiki is done, Reiki can be done long distance, like through Zoom. Quite personally, I don't find that as effective as when you're doing it in the room. And I don't really work with people physically as much. So I, I just don't use it as much. I use it for myself to tune my, I know my dog, yeah. <laughs> I can calm my dog down very much w- where Interesting. you can you tune and open up the energy centers of the body. So your chakras and, um, you can, you can align your energy within your chakra centers so that they are open, that they are free flowing, that energy is flowing through them there and they are open. Hmm. Um, I, I utilize NLP and EFT for in, in tandem with clients. When I work with them on that's, belief clearing working with releasing stuck emotions I would use EFT for or, or mm. as, as the RRT the the version that I use um, I belief clearing with the NLP is much more brain based and EFT is more emotions based is how I kind of draw the line between those two and that's how I use them in in connection with each other
0: I see interesting yeah it's. And I've heard people talk about chakras, which are, um, I don't know how we would define that. I'm sure you could do it better than me, but it's, there's certain points in our body that they call chakras. Do you want to kind of define that again, at least for my interest, some people know more than I do, but um, what do we mean when we talk about chakras?
1: Well, there are, there are energy centers in your body and they run from the base of your spine to the, to the and depending on who you ask that the top of your head or, and then some people count a an eighth chakra, which is the, the portal between you and the divine. So it would be above your head and okay. they run every, every energy center is tied to a different. Um, so I use EFT in conjunction with the chakras. So like your root chakra is your, is at the base of your spine. And that is the center of safety. If your root chakra is closed, if it is, um, if it is not clear and clean, you might have, you might see it showing up in your life as, um, an inability to do the things that you want to do. Maybe a feeling of, um, not being good enough that it's not safe for you to make big moves and take risks in your life. Even Mm. ones that feel like they will be beneficial to you. If you find yourself stuck, most of the time, that that's the first place that I go. So this is what I mean, where I, I take the the work that I've done with Reiki, and I kind of apply it with the 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 nlp and and rt modalities that i use to to clear and and make them more real world focused so looking at exactly what's happening in your life what are you not able to do right now what's a problem what's something that you what is a goal that you have for yourself and how are you not able to make that happen at the moment what's getting in your way let's talk about that and mm-hmm. then i figure where i and, and you know sometimes i can tune into where you are stuck and where that that block is sitting in your body because energy should move freely throughout your body. And when all of your, when all of your chakras are open, you will find that you feel like you are in flow. When you, you feel like things are moving easily, you're able to tune in to your intuition easier. You're able to tap into your own personal power. You are yeah. able to, love and receive love easier, all of these things are expressions of your energy centers being open and and not, and not being stuck or blocked in any way.
0: Okay. That's, that makes a lot of sense. And I appreciate you explaining that. So do you, you, one of the things you said was um, people feeling stuck in my experience, sometimes myself included again, we as people feel stuck, do you find having worked with a lot of clients and things, is that a very common thing? Because I'm guessing it is people feeling stuck, at least in some capacity, feeling stuck in life.
1: Yes. And I think that, you know, stuck is relative. So, yeah. you you know, you're looking, you're saying, I'm here. Um, you, you could be stuck at, you know, I work with a, a lot of entrepreneurs. So you might be stuck at making a um, hundred thousand dollars a year. Because you want to make three hundred thousand, then you're stuck because you're you're not where you want to be. You don't feel like you are able to achieve that, or you could be stuck at three million dollars a year because your goal is to make seven million dollars a year. Yeah. So it, it's all about, or you might be just starting out and you feel like you're stuck and you can't make your first, you can't get your first client. All of those things, it, it's it's a matter of you being. Because I always say, if you want to know what your beliefs are, and you want to know what your energy is, look around you. It's telling you everything that you need to know. If you don't have something that you want, if you're looking around and you're like, this is not, you know, this is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife. And you have that song playing in your head where you're looking around and you're saying, this is not how it's supposed to be for me. Then, then you have a block somewhere. You have some limiting belief or something that is holding you there because every, the evidence of what you believe is in the reality that you see before you.
0: Yeah. That's uh that's profound. And I think at the same time, it's a tough pill for us to swallow at times that, okay, it's on, it's on your shoulders. I remember I watched the secret a long time ago. You Mm -hmm. may have seen it too, that, uh, one of the, I don't remember the guy's name, but he said, basically I'm paraphrasing. If you're, if you're going to argue with this, I'm here to get in your face a little bit and tell you that. No, you are the reason for everything that's going on in your world it's all on you it's all in your energy and all these again i'm paraphrasing very poorly but i, re- I just remember that part of the secret where he just, he's like i'm gonna get in your face a little bit uh, <laughs> because it's it's really on you and on that topic i know you talked a little bit about what some call the law of attraction um in conjunction with um something that you do called the rapid manifestation method um I I understand you don't fully agree with the law of attraction. Do you want to elaborate on some of that?
1: Sure. And I'll just say about that, getting in your face about um, how your energy is creating everything that you want. Again, that's, this is, this is how limiting beliefs work. I just want to point this out. Okay. It's, it's a, it's a tint on the glasses that you're wearing. Uh So I can look at it like, and this is where choice comes in, how I choose to see the world, how I limiting beliefs are choices that we make over and over again, that they become beliefs. So if I look at that and I hear that statement that this is, I I could hear it as it's all your fault, or I could hear it as it's all in my control. And that one is an empowered way of viewing it. And the other is a disempowered way of viewing it. Mm -hmm. One is a way that I will find my way out and find my way. It's a staircase up. And one is either a brick wall or a staircase down. So those okay. are the choices that that we make. And again, you can choose to see this as an empowering thing that if if it's all if if it's all up to you, then you are in control of all of it, then you could change anything in an instant.
0: Mm-hmm. that That's a pretty overwhelming statement, um, at least for many of us Westerners, because it's <laughs> like for someone to say, you could change change it in an instant, And by the way, we're used to, especially in this modern age, what we might call instant gratification, where we just like pull up a device and tap here and there. And before you know it, you've got the news or, you know, music or porn or whatever people do with it. It's instant gratification. You could just get whatever you would even get drugs almost that way these days. (laughs) And uh, I don't mean to be crass or, but it's, it's, I just, we all, we need to be real that in that regard we do, but to say, Oh, we could do that from within, uh, I think that's, that's a pretty bold statement, but I believe that it's true.
1: (laughs) Well, and, and, and again, I just want to clarify because I, I am type a, I do believe in doing things, but, but this is, this is what changed my life. And it changed the life of the lives of my clients and the people that I work with. And and also just lots of people I know Mm -hmm. Um, that the way that we think and the way that what we believe influences everything that we do. So. It could be that when I say it can change in an instant, it means that if you aren't inhibited, if you aren't afraid of taking action because you're afraid of the beliefs, We, like I said, we have beliefs. If you have a belief that you won't fit in with your family anymore if you make too much money, or if you have a belief that maybe you as a child or as a a young adult or as a kid, you got up on stage in front of people and they laughed at you, or you went Mm -hmm. and you tried to stand out and people told you you were too much. Mm -hmm. And now the belief is inside that people don't accept me, people don't support me. So when you go to pick up the phone to build a relationship with somebody who could be a client, when you go to post online and be truthful about how you feel and really speak your message, When you go to go to a networking group and you're trying to get out there and actually speak to people rather than stand and hug the wall, those are your beliefs driving your behavior and your behavior drives your results because it absolutely is possible. If you believe it's possible, if you're believing in the possibility that when you go to that networking meeting, that networking group, that your potential client, your potential dream client is in that room and you walk in with that belief and you walk in with that energy and you speak to people with that energy, you could absolutely change things in an instant. What if that client dropped $5,000 on your coaching program in that afternoon? Mm -hmm or you came a step closer to that. That absolutely can and has happened. I have certainly done that where I've, and I, I think that there's, there's stories like that, that we hear all the time that, you know, if I hadn't gone to this thing, or if I hadn't shown up there, or if I hadn't been in this place at this time, it wouldn't have happened. Those were choices that brought you to those moments.
0: Yeah. I, boy, that's, also, very profound because I think sometimes we, I'll speak for myself, but I think we as people sometimes take for granted some, some idea of uh, it's, it's not up to us. It's, it's in the stars or something. It's like <laughs> whatever predestination for this day and this week and when I'm going to die, whether I get hit by a bus or die of old age or whatever – it's, it's all there, and then the people just kind of live their lives like zombies. But what you're saying, it sounds like to me, is people can really take charge and really own uh, their lives and, and taking it an extra few levels, really build uh, an, an amazing life in tune with the things that they really want and, and deserve. Uh, mm-hmm. What does that mean in terms of – because I know one of the things that you believe – and teach people is that the law of attraction gets it wrong. How does the law of attraction get it wrong? Or is it, is it just like not uh, thorough? What, what is it about the law of attraction as, as we know it?
1: I, I, I believe that it gets misunderstood and oversimplified.
0: Okay. And I
1: think that people think they're using it right. And it can actually do more damage when you take it in just this. And for those who aren't familiar, the law of attraction, which, you know, became wildly popular from that movie, The Secret and through Abraham Hicks books and and lots of other, there's been so much written about it and talked about it now. It's a very big deal, but the law of attraction mean is is that, that what, what we, the way that it's thought of as that the way, what we think is what we will attract. If we think about, so this is where vision boards come from. uh, If I'm looking at the dream house every day and I'm thinking about it, then it will come to me. I'll have, I'll live in that house. If I'm just, if I just focus on it enough and I remain positive and I think positive thoughts about these things. So if I think I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy all day, every day, then I will be wealthy. It will, I will attract that to me. That energetic force will bring me the thing that I desire. But this is where it gets overly simplified is that it's not the thought. It's the feeling around the thought and you can't lie about your feelings. So mm-hmm. if you, you know, like our words lie, our thoughts lie, but our energy doesn't, and it's your energy that you are truly attracting with your energy is, and we all know we, we've all, went, we, we've, we're around energy all the time, but, but a really. A, a really specific example is if we've all walked into a party and just felt like the vibe, right? Where you're like, yeah. I don't know, I walked in and I was just like, this is not my place. <laughs> or I walked in and I was like, these are my people. And I, I always use the example too like, I can't go to a mall at Christmas time. Cause the energy is so messed up in there. Like people are all frantic and, and go, go like December 23rd to an indoor mall, someplace where it's cold and you're just going to get a, you, you're, you'll feel it. It's, yeah. it's you, you can feel it in the air and you're attracting with that energy. We're all emitting energy all the time. And yes, it's our thoughts that trigger those, those emotions, which is what creates our energy. And so if I'm thinking I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, but underneath that, I know that that's not true. (laughs) And what, what my insides are really saying, they're crying and going, no, we're not, we're in debt. And I'm so afraid of money and money is bad and money leaves us. And that energy, that tightening in your gut or in your heart or in your throat or the quickening of your, uh, of your heart rate, when something like when you when you think of something like that, that's the truth. So what happens is people think I'm thinking positive thoughts and saying all the affirmations and it's not happening. And then they think it's them. And then they get freaked out that they're having bad thoughts and they think they're going to attract bad thoughts to them. They're going to attract bad things because they're having bad thoughts. So what we do is we choke it off. If we think if, if that bill comes in the mail and you don't have the money to pay for it and your initial truthful response is, oh my God, I'm so scared. How, how am I going to pay for this? Mm -hmm. But you think to yourself, I can't think that because that means I'm going to attract more bad stuff. So I'm going to choke off that thought. I'm not going to allow that thought. I'm not going to allow that feeling of fear. What we do, and this is where the, the EFT comes in, which the rapid manifestation method, they actually changed the name to the rapid relief technique. So that's why I'm referring it to that. that, that. That's where we use tapping. Um, But this is where tapping can come in, where our feelings need to be felt because the thought is just the brain, the feeling and the emotion tied to the thought. So if the thought is, I don't have the money to pay for this and the feeling is just fear and, dread and maybe just just anxiousness. That's the truth. So law of attraction would tell you don't feel that. Just think something better until it goes away. But it doesn't <laughs> go away. We actually just sort of deposit it in our body for later on. And now we carry it around. Now we carry around that fear. We carry around that anxious that anxious energy. And it poisons everything else that we're doing because We didn't feel it Mm. because we didn't allow it to happen. We did not process that emotion. We never let it go. We, when we say things like that, that person's not worth getting angry over, but the truth is you're angry. (laughs) and You have to, and that's when you start doing that, when you start facing your emotions and dealing with them. And for, for emotional stuff, I use EFT and that, that, the, the RRT technique, I tap, and I have my clients tap where you tap through that emotion in the moment and you get it out of your body. And then you realize that it's just a moment that even when you have that anxious energy coursing through you and that bill comes, it only feeds itself. So that anxious feeling feeds another panicky thought, which feeds the anxious, fearful feeling, which triggers another fearful thought. And then you're in this thought feeling cycle of this downward spiral of, oh my God, how, 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 how am I going to ever get out of this? And the truth is that you can't find an answer from that place.
0: Hmm. This is really uh, interesting stuff because uh, yeah, I was listening to Bob Proctor recently. I'm sure you know who he is. He's a Canadian, cool guy, old guy. Uh, he, uh, he has lots of programs and books and things. And uh, But in any, in any event, one of the things he says, and I, uh, I've heard from others as well, is you don't get what you want, but you do get what you are. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the idea being in line with what you're saying, and it doesn't sound to me like you're fully dismissing the law of attraction. It's that to me, it sounds like you're adding some layers of really important Foundational pieces of reprogramming our thought processes and uh, just the subconscious level of how we respond to things, and really getting in tune with that. If I may be off base somewhat in some of what I'm saying, but it sounds like there's more to it than just "Hey, that's no, the law of attraction is is null and void."
1: <laughs> no, it absolutely is not. I, I like I said, I believe it's misunderstood and yeah. overly simplified, where people think that it's just the thoughts, and then that. That ends up doing damage because they think that something's wrong with them or they're doing it wrong, which causes them to deny those feelings more because they think it's the thought. And it's, it's, there's just more to it than that. And when you start, first of all, it lets you, you have room to breathe again, you know, permission to feel your feelings, not only permission, but a prescription to feel your feelings is how you truly release them. And when you release them, you know, when that bill comes in the mail, if you feel that feeling and you feel it. And I have people tap through it and it's like, I'm really scared right now. I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. I don't know. And you calm yourself down and you allow, you honor that feeling. You've now created space for the solution, Hmm. which would not exist if you had gone the other way.
0: Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. Uh, To me, the law of attraction, at least for, we'll say entry-level uh, law of attraction practicers or whatever, uh, practitioners <laughs> is <laughs> that, uh, it, it opens the door. It's like, okay, if you can get to this place where some of what you do with that, depending on the sources of information you get, um, you start to develop to where by telling yourself certain things over and over, And then a lot of what I've heard recently, and as you've gathered, I've studied some of this recently with Bob Proctor and others, is that uh, you, you do start to then couple those emotions. And in some ways, I'm sure that there's better techniques where you have to flush out that old belief system to a large extent, but you're almost forcing yourself eventually, if not hopefully much sooner, to feel the correct emotions in tune with the things that we want instead of having this conflict of interest kind of thing going on. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, absolutely. And and that's what that's really what I work with people on. So it's it's about clearing the slate. So we clear out the old beliefs, the old emotions, the things that are currently holding you back so that you're starting with a clean vessel. And then when things come at you, And it's not compounding all of the emotion like it does when we've bottled stuff up and we haven't dealt with the fear that we have dealt with the hurt that has, that, that has been inflicted on us, Mm -hmm. dealt with the anger that we're harboring because we were told that anger is not a desirable trait and people don't like angry people. Mm -hmm. Those are beliefs. And what those beliefs do is they cause you to deny parts of yourself. Mm And I I heard this beautiful analogy once that um, our emotions and our ways of being, like when we come into this world, we're like a big giant castle. Like if you pictured yourself as a big giant castle and as a child, you're just running through your castle and all of the rooms are amazing and there's turrets and it's just this most glorious place and you love every corner of it. And then someone comes over and tells you, this room is gross. You shouldn't go in there. I don't (laughs) like this one. Um and you start reacting by closing the doors, locking them and saying, I'm never going in there again. And Mm. what that does is now, if you pictured a part of you on the other side of that door locked away, you have just lopped off pieces of yourself that are what make you, you. And when you want to move forward and when you want to get past the point that you're at right now, It's demanding a part of you that you have left behind because the goal is not to be perfect. I say this to my clients all the time. The goal is not perfection. The goal is wholeness. When you are whole and walking forward as your whole fully realized self, that is when you are unstoppable. That is when things flow. That is when stuff stops feeling hard. That suddenly once you, once you unlock that door, Embrace that piece of you that you've locked away, and you say, Walk with me, and they do. You have just accessed a level of power that you had cut off before. Yeah. And that is why things suddenly feel easy. And that is why you're just like, I don't know why this was hard for me to do yesterday, and it's not today.
0: Yes. Great stuff. I, and I love that idea. Just the topic of being whole is, I was studying words for God. You know, one of the words in Hebrew for God is Elohim, which means man of holiness and holy comes. I would like to study etymology of words. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The word holy literally comes from words. We think of holy water or different things we associate as uh, some of us, uh, but it actually means being whole or complete. And uh, so regardless of people's spiritual and religious beliefs in that department, I think there's something instructive in that of Of becoming whole ourselves and finding finding it in that journey. And one of the things you mentioned is we come into this world um, with those things, and then it's subdued in some variety of ways, some similar and some different between us. But how do we get back to that? How do we get back to that I guess that's all that we're talking about here. There's a process of flushing out beliefs that have been imposed on us or that we've turned to for some comfort or whatever. Do you have any additional insights how we get back to that?
1: I mean, there's a few ways. And and this is is what most of my work is. I I do do business strategy on top of it, but so much of the business strategy is dependent on this work. It's why I do it and why it's like the cornerstone of what I do, because you are the operating system. And you are, so you can download apps onto your phone, but if that phone is running an operating system from 2003, (laughs) the app probably isn't going to work. So you need to upgrade that operating system. So you are the operating system. And as far as, as far as what to do, I mean, what I work people through is we, we clean out the old beliefs, we identify them, we become aware and you know, part of that is looking back at your story and seeing what was the knowing. I always say like, we want to get back to the knowing. We want to get back to what we've always known. And before people, like I said, started telling you what you should or shouldn't be, or you started doing things for survival. So I I use this example a lot, you know, for my own personal life, I'll share this here that my, you know, I I had a very combustible father Mm -hmm. and um, he, you never knew what you were going to get. Now, what does that result in? I I was not beaten. I was not like, I don't want to make it sound like he was, but, but I I was, we were emotionally very afraid. And, and so we walked on eggshells and we made sure that like things were so orchestrated to make sure he was comfortable and to make sure that we weren't going to do anything that could set him off. So what does that do? That, that kind of a survival mechanism for me was people pleasing and that's sort of what it developed into in my adult life. So part of it was recognizing when I am leaning into that strategy that kept me safe when I was younger, it was a survival mechanism, but it's no longer serving me now. And so that's the fact finding mission that we are on. And there's, there's, there's ways that you can go back, but I, I always have people go back to the knowing and go back to you know, I, like I got on stage as a child and then I became very afraid to stand out. Mm. And that can come from people telling, like, I heard that, you know, you think you're better than me. And the (laughs) last thing I wanted to be was better than anyone. I was just doing what felt natural and good and fun and and like home for me. Mm. But that caused me to shut down and step back because I didn't want anyone to think that I was being, I was trying to, Be better than them. That wasn't the goal. That wasn't what I was trying to do, but that's how it manifests now in, in, you know, adult life, when you try to step out and, and be this fully realized version of yourself. I can't do that without the girl who's too much without the girl who isn't afraid to stand out, who I locked in a room because she made everybody feel like I was trying to be better than them. Mm. I have to let her out in order to take it to this next level. So basically I I have people where we usually start is like, I was saying, what are you trying to do right now that you're unable to do? Tell me where the resistance is. And then we'll find the belief from there. And then we go back and we say like, what did you, what were your natural tendencies? What were the things that you see as your natural gifts from, you know, back when things felt easier for you, do you have to go all the way back to childhood or is it teenage years? Mm It's different for everybody but when did you feel like you were kind of operating in your zone of genius and things felt easy and like they flowed for you and when did that stop? Was there an event, was there a time, was there kind of some people it's like, I went off to college and I lost it or I, I, my dad died. There, there's all of these things that can be clues to the puzzle and, and for everybody it's different. So there, there's, there, there's questions you can ask yourself though to kind of, to, to clue you into where you lost your mojo. Mm. and where these emotions may be blocked.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you explaining. The, the, there's so much to all this in terms of real value, to be honest, for us as human beings. And so I, I, I hope people see that. I, for one, see some real depth to this because it really uh, speaks to what we are, why we do what we do and what we're capable of. And if we're really honest with ourselves, because you, you talked about going on this kind of fact finding mission in our lives, people have got to be willing to take those steps in order to then get to the next level and the next level. But if you're not willing to do that first, and it's, I know that's hard. Cause there's a lot of times there's some really painful things that you have to dig up within you belief systems and maybe abuse and whatever it might be. But, uh, I, I dare say, and you could speak to this too, I'm sure, but it's it's probably worth the price uh, as difficult as that price may be more for some maybe than others. but uh, but really being honest and owning ourselves in that process, that alone is very freeing, isn't it? Uh, go ahead.
1: No, it's, it, I mean, it's everything for me. It's, it's been what's driving me. My, my whole life was trying to figure this whole game of life out and humans out. And I, and I yeah. truly feel like I'm living my zone of genius right now, which is only makes me believe in this much more that through this whole weird path that I ended up exactly where I'm supposed to be doing exactly what I'm supposed to do, Yeah. but it, it is worthwhile work. And the, it, 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 One thing that I I try to make clear to everybody is that whether you deal with them consciously or not and make a choice to dive into this work or not, these emotions and these events and the things that have happened to you, whether it's big T or small T trauma, Mm -hmm. um, they are pulling the strings in your life, whether you know it or not. And again, that is a choice. And some people, if you're very happy with where you are. And you're kind of like, I don't really feel like I'm inhibited or, or stuck in any way. And and you're happy and you don't have goals that you are unable to achieve. Then, you know, maybe you're good. Maybe you had a great upbringing and, and you've dealt with things along the way. Maybe you're naturally, you know, just moving in where your, your energy is really open. Um, for most people that I've met, that is not the case (laughs) and they're either, you you choose to hear the voice that's calling to you, telling you that you can be more. Yep. And that's the first step. And, and then, well, like you said, Bob Proctor says that we don't get what we want. We get what we are. Well, that's ways of being is what he's talking about and ways of being the first way of being. That is a step in the right direction of this work. And I know that it can feel really heavy and like there's so much out there, like, how do I change the way of my way of being? How do I change who I am? I'm being me.
2: Mm -hmm. Well,
1: you change it with a thought by seeing the world a little bit differently. And you do that every single day. And the first thought is that that everything that I'm being given is a lesson, that there is some way that the world and my emotions are speaking to me and telling me, this is ready to be healed. I am presenting it to you for this purpose. So I'm triggering you with this anger, not to mess up your life, not to screw with you, not to just get a rise out of you. I'm my meaning your body and your brain is giving it to you to say, I want you to look at this. I'm holding the mirror up to show you this anger that lives in you deal with this. If you deal with this, new levels are available to you, but you can't, I would say it's like the bouncer at the party that's looking at you being like, you can't come in with that. You've got to leave that bag at the door.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's really good stuff. I, I couldn't agree more to be honest with you. I, there's just something to be said for for taking the courageous step towards that full honesty with ourselves. And um, as we, as we get ready to wrap up here too, I I could talk to you for hours, I'm sure. Uh, But you got to get back to your Austin life and I got to get back to the heat in Vegas, but uh, outside of that topic, uh, any final thoughts as far as, because I know you talk about people manifesting money. We've talked a little bit and dabbled and danced around the topic a little with the law of attraction stuff. Is there any other additional insight on that that you could share as we wrap up here? Um, because I think that's something that's of interest to a lot of people. And I know a lot of people are struggling in various ways. There have been a lot of things shake up in people's lives in the last, especially year and a half with COVID and things. And people are in very uh, uncertain, unstable places. Um, any thoughts on that as we wrap up? Uh, some tidbits.
1: <laughs> I mean, money is a big topic, but I'll I'll say I'll say this: that the first thoughts that I have when uh, whenever a client comes to me with money, whenever whenever a client comes to me with issues with money, or if I'm experiencing something that is not desirable about money, I'm like, what What's going on here? Mm-hmm. But, again, it's to to not to not panic. And in the moment, you know, I would say exchange, exchange criticism for curiosity. So rather than, you know, being like, oh my God, why is this happening to me? You know, change that to why is this happening? What's, what's, what is this trying to clue me into about my own energy, about my own way of being and money is, if you think about money is the equivalent of support, Money mm-hmm. is the equivalent of, and support is love in, in kind of the highest expression of it. And if you think about if money is not coming to you and you want it to, thinking about how you feel or have ever felt like the world doesn't support you, something doesn't support you, that it's not safe to trust other people, other things. Um, again, this is first chakra work in a lot of ways, because we feel unsupported and money is a way of expressing to us that we feel unsupported when it's not flowing. Mm-hmm. When it is, we do feel supported. We do feel worthy of love. We do feel worthy of support. We do feel like the world and things around us can be trusted to support us. Yeah. And, and so that's the parallel that I try to draw so that you have a baseline of what to think about, and that that you that you don't start thinking. It, it's not about the money necessarily. It's about your energy around the money. And if we're blocking money from us, it's usually from a place of I'm not allowing support. This is when they talk about the art of receiving and being open in your heart to receive, and being open in your energy to receive. There are there are ways that we block even the good things from coming to us because of some underlying belief or emotion attached to a belief. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: so think about, think about support, think about love. Um, think about, I always have, um, I have a lot of people write their money story. What's been the truth of your story, but write money out like a person. So (laughs) yeah. So like if you wrote a letter to money, like it were a person, what would be the story (laughs) that, that you would tell it? Would you say like, you're never here for me. You always leave me. Um, you're, you're never around when I need you. What's that story. That will tell you a lot about the energy you have around money.
0: Yeah. These are great things. I, one of the things Bob Proctor says too, is that, uh, you take X amount of dollars that a lot of people think is maybe a very high amount of money that maybe is also unobtainable for them. Let's say a million dollars for a nice round number. That's probably a pretty common one. Uh, And, and you train yourself to see it as tiny a million dollars is tiny. And, and what a paradigm shift for most of us to say a million dollars is tiny. Well, if you're Jeff Bezos, it is. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's got how many hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars (laughs) laying around? One of them is not going to matter. For most people, a million dollars would be everything, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't even have to be looked at that way. So it's almost like changing perspective as to amounts of money as well. Um, But that's just my two cents, no pun intended. Uh, But (laughs) yeah, I appreciate you've had so many great insights, Nicole. I I really love uh, all this uh, great uh, material you've shared with us. And there's a lot more. Uh, obviously you have a website, Nicole Laino, and that's L-A-I-N as a Nancy O dot me. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, w- any final thoughts or where else can people uh, connect with you or anything else you'd like to share as we wrap up here?
1: I love cl- connecting with people on LinkedIn. Um, and I'm also at uh, Nicole Leno official on Instagram. So those are, those are places where you can keep in contact with me. Um, and I would just say like, if, if, I, I hope that this episode and what we talked about at least opened you up to your own possibility. That you if if you can see possibility out there and start acting in alignment with possibility instead of all the things that you think or you know, quote unquote you know will go wrong, and instead started seeing what can go right, it will change that is how you change your way of being. You're yeah. being someone who is aligned with possibility. And when you're being someone who's aligned with possibility, possibilities and opportunities show up. So I love I, it. I, I hope that you can walk away with that at least.
0: Yeah. Well, I know I'm walking away with that. I appreciate <laughs> Uh, If nothing else, you've uplifted me, but I think a lot of other people too. And uh, I can't thank you enough for sharing this. So again, NicoleLano.me and of course, NicoleLanoOfficial at uh, Instagram. And of course, on LinkedIn, I'm going to find you there and we'll link up there, um, hopefully. (laughs) And uh, for our audience, we appreciate, we're of course flattered you spend time with us. And until next time, empower yourself, empower the world around you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Empower Humans. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review this podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit EmpowerHumans.com. We'll catch you next time.